And we are live. Welcome to an impromptu Mother's Day stream. I haven't streamed, I don't know, months, years. Oh, uh, really? But we're, get, we're getting back at it. And I've got a very special guest tonight. Her name, her channel is Blonde in the Belly of the Beast. Uh, she, also, she also goes by the Twitter handle Libtard America. It's very blunt, very, very brief. I like that. Um, but do you want to, this is your opportunity to plug your channel a little bit. You want to take that opportunity? Um, I'm kind of dabbling in a different, a few different things. I do a lot of uh, anti-feminist co feminist commentary. That's kind of what has gotten me the most views and what I feel most passionately about. But I also talk about Islam. Um, I think I'm going to talk about the minimum wage. I talk about men's rights issues. So I'm kind of establishing my own political identity, figuring it out right now. You're doing a great job at it. I mean, we were just talking before we went live, and you've only been at this, what, a couple months now? Yeah, like two months. And you, I mean, you've pulled a good amount of sus subscribers in that amount of time. You've pulled a good, a good amount of views in that amount of time. You've made some, you were telling me you went on Gavin's show. I uh, did. Is, that was the first interview I did. Um, so I actually got a lot, of, a lot of subs from that. I really appreciated it. But I went on Red Ice last week, and I did a hangout with Goodfella. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of making the rounds, meeting people that are like-minded on YouTube. It's been a crazy few months. Awesome. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad that you wanted to stream because that's the nudge I needed to get back at this because I, <laughs> I just do my stupid video game stream on Twitch and we have our small little crew and we just kind of hang out and do nothing. But the thing is, the streams do the best whenever we don't care about the game. We, like last week we were playing Milo Tosser. Have you heard of this? No. So, well, you're familiar with Milo, right? We all are uh, secretly or not so secretly in love with him. <laughs> but someone made a game called Milo Tosser, uh, just a stupid free PC game. And you play as ISIS or Islamists on oh, top no, of a building, building. With, with Milo. And there are a bunch of targets down below. And you toss Milo onto the targets and you uh, get points for your accuracy. <laughs> And last week we were playing that and we were just kind of talking politics uh, between me and the chat. And, you know, everyone likes to have a, a little more engaged experience. So I'm glad you kind of nudged me back into it because <laughs> I haven't been on the podcast game or the live stream game for months. And um, All right, so it's no good problem. to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> but um, I got a couple requests for topics. Um, and then, you know, there's some that I wanted to get into with you. Uh, so... I know we had the topic on Trump and uh, what was the term we came up with? Demasculinization. I think we're going with that. Yeah. I also want to talk the, uh, the Canadian fires and some of the social media reaction to whose fault the Canadian fires are. Um, or we can get into other things. But did you have a preference on what to talk first? Well, I always like to talk about Trump, but I didn't know about this rally until today. So I might not okay. be super informed on it. <clears throat> So I, I can give you the rundown. But, well, by the way, actually, I'd be curious to know because um, if you've followed me for any amount of time, uh, my openness to Trump has been something that's been in development. Uh, like last, if you would have asked me a year ago, could you see yourself voting for supporting Trump? I would have laughed in your face. And yet here I am yep. saying I'm going to vote June 7th for Donald Trump in the Montana. It primary. really creeps up on you. Like, I can't believe it either. There are some absolute deal breakers, like his several wives that in most other candidates, I'd be like, nope. And then all these boneheaded things that he says, I'm just like, oh, you, you're, you're so funny. I just don't give a shit. I don't know why. 
but I love him. I love him. I can't help it. So was he, was he your guy from the start though? Or did you have another person in the race? Um, I liked Ben Carson. Uh, there were a few candidates that I would have been fine with, but I began to see really early on that he was going to be the one that was going to break the political correctness barrier, which seems to be issue number one for most people in our camp. Um, well, that, so and that's where you and I come together. I'm, I, I imagine. Huh? Is, is I think that's where you and I really come together and where we previously probably would have been at odds because this political correctness crap is right. what has me voting out of spite. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, for all I know, I, yeah, I mean, this is the first time we've ever spoken, so I'm not sure what we agree on, what we don't agree on. I have some uh, measure from your uploads, but <laughs> there is a certain segment of society now that disagrees fundamentally with with the idea that you should be able to say whatever you want whenever you want and not be punished right. for it right or you should be able to believe whatever you want and and there's no such thing as like a banned idea or banned words or this and that that's what's really bringing this all together that's definitely true i started a meet up a group in seattle every time somebody um wrote in my comments wall and said they were from seattle i'm like let's meet up so we've been meeting up every um every week and this week there were only eight of them but it was like the ma the most diverse audience and and half of them had voted for obama twice so we're looking at conservatives now as a very diverse group of people <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. right here right here yeah, I'll defend it. I'll and we're defend all kind of coming together based on these super duper important issues like first amendment rights um and then that trumps all you know look at milo and he just talks blatantly about homosexual homosexuality like the republican party is not what it used to be it's an entirely different makeup yeah, I mean, there's no idea to me, there's no ideology or idea more important that any idea is subject to scrutiny. Right. There are no sacred cows. So even though I have my opinions, right, you know, Jen, I've voted Democrat my entire life. And generally, I've, I've been more persuaded by those candidates than otherwise. But I'm not of the delusion that they have the universally correct ideas. Right. right. And the idea that they shouldn't be criticized, that they're not subject to the same scrutiny is insane. I know. And this is what we have to fight. Anyway, to the, to the point of uh, the weekend here, the, the topic that we're getting into, Mr. Trump, your guy, uh, was touring your state or is maybe still in your state. I don't know. But he had an event in Spokane, Eastern Washington. That's actually about halfway between us, right on I-90. Hmm. And uh, he was speaking about uh, Hillary Clinton and all of these people who call him a sexist or imply that he's a sexist. And what he said was uh, that for women, or men have it harder than women now in this arena of political correctness, because if a man like him speaks too loudly, speaks in a way that seems dismissive, uh, speaks in a way that anyone sees as unfair to a woman, he is immediately labeled a sexist. He's you know shot down all of these things. And so what he said was uh, men have it harder than women in this area. And of course that gets taken out of context and he's a big sexist. He doesn't think women have any struggles. He's insensitive to, you know, all kinds of uh, things women have won over history. However, you want to frame it in the in the political correct, uh, politically correct way. But the question I got on Twitter from my friend Stacy, and I think something that you'd be pretty outspoken on. I know you are on your channel. I'm getting a little bit of feedback there. Uh, is to Trump's point, men are petrified to speak to women in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there is a segment, the, the radical feminist segment of society that is cultivating that. Don't look at a woman the wrong way. Right. Don't speak to a woman the wrong way. That's patriarchy. That's rape culture. That's mansplaining. That's this. That's that. And I think Trump would argue, and I'm 
guessing you would argue too, there are meaningful consequences to that. There are meaningful consequences to raising a a generation of men who are afraid to be men. Uh, Yeah, of course. And I talk a lot about um, how women have dealt with toxic masculinity and kind of turned a generation of millennial men. I say a lot that that our mothers raised the the boys and the girls the same, and it's causing all these problems. And I think that's what what Trump is really trying to address. It is easier for women. That's why I'm a woman and I immediately got traction um, on Twitter and on YouTube because I can use my status as a, you know, as a privileged woman to speak my voice because people are, are not going to treat me the same way that a man would. I'm sure you get way more shit than I do. Well, that's, that's actually a fascinating point. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because you've been, you've been really successful really fast. And I think that's deservedly so. That's not any, you, you've made a name for yourself on YouTube really quickly. And according to your own description, you, you think that that is in part due to your status as a woman, would you say that's oh, fair? Oh, absolutely. Or? Yeah, if okay. I were a white man, nobody would be listening to me or they'd be just shoot, trying to shoot me down all the time. Only periodically do I get called a racist. Um, nobody ever calls me a sexist because, you know. <laughs> but I would not, I'm not getting the same treatment that, that I would if I were a man. It would be way worse. What are you getting treated like? Oh, well, I mean, I like to... I have a select few very enthusiastic uh, critics. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But my response is always... Uh, to ridicule them. If yeah. you're going to make a video talking about how you would like to end my life, of course I'm going to break down that video, and of course we're going to laugh about it. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there was a guy who did that. He's still on my channel every single day, <laughs> every single day, and he tells me the only reason you're alive is because I haven't decided to kill you. What the hell? Uh, and I wake up. You know, he said before the only reason you're alive is because there are laws. Well, okay. Well, he knows my address. He knows my real name. Invited anytime. Um, you know, and I think there's, I do think there are, um, women in entertainment who, I I don't know, I don't have a tally, right? Like, it's not like women get harassed this much and men get harassed this much. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it does seem like they want to portray it as this uniquely female experience. And I'm not sure it's quite that simple. I mean, I get what the things I get would make Anita Sarkeesian go straight to the UN, you know? (laughs) I I mean, it's, so it's, it's really how you handle it, how you interpret it. I mean, it, yeah. when you're in the public eye, people are going to be weird, especially on the internet when it's com- completely anonymous. It's the nature of, of what we do. <laughs> but this is, but, you know, back to the kind of Trump point, this is the thing that is, is really crazy. You have a, a certain segment of, of our peers, women uh, peers of ours, who want men to denounce this toxic masculinity. They want right. them to... Uh, not man. They want them to, I don't know. I don't know what they want. They want them to be outside what a traditional man would be, right? Like don't hold the door open for me. Cause that implies that I'm weak. Don't be polite to me. Cause that implies that I can't handle, you know, whatever. Um, but is that really the man that they want? Because the guys that I know who respect women to the degree that they will never you know, make an advance, never make a move, never try to, when they see a girl they like, they will never try to advance that relationship because doing so would be rape culture. Doing so would be oppressing her, whatever. Right. Um, I don't think that it's what women want because we're seeing a lot of these uh, Western European countries and in Sweden kind of open their arms, even in marriages to a lot of these migrants who were, you know, by, by their very nature, more, they have more alpha characteristics than the native men do now. 
Um, and I think that what has happened is that they, we, there's has been this mass demasculization, demasculization um, of men. And then now there are all these alpha men there. These women are kind of appreciating it, appreciating these, these alpha characteristics. I think it's really dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, even in, even in my life, like when I was younger, this was before like all this, this weird feminist stuff was commonly known, right? I, when I was in high school or early college, it wasn't like the concept of the patriarchy and rape right. culture and all these things were in my mind. But there was a time in my life where I wanted to respect women so much that I probably was that guy, more that guy than I am now, which is yeah. like, oh, I should never, I should never like try to see if she wants to go do something because that would just be out of line. Like I, I would never, I can't right. make her uncomfortable. That'd be the worst thing ever. It wasn't until, you know, uh, a few years later where I started to realize like there's nothing wrong with being respectful, but forward. There's nothing wrong with being respectful, but appropriately aggressive, right? right. That, that, that women are responsive to that and you're not a scumbag for doing it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I too do worry, like, I'm not a parent, but if I have a son, I would worry, I don't want to teach him these things that like, you put right. these women up on this pedestal where they're untouchable and they're like, they're up here and you're subhuman down here. What kind of society are we cultivating? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's hugely problematic. Um, I, I, blame, I blame feminists. Don't use that word. It triggers me, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I blame feminists for this. Like some of the things that my mom taught me, I'm like, why would you ever instill these values in me? And my brother and my sister too. It, it really, she gave us a lot of mixed signals. And I think that that was kind of the nature of boomer feminists and what they taught millennials. Like most of my friends are in the same, are in the same camp. I have a lot of effeminate male friends, a lot. I, I'm reading the chat right now because people are trying to distract me. And they're saying, is he even reading the chat? No, he's focusing too hard because this is his <laughs> first contact with a female. Yeah, hey, uh, you guys oh, are so funny. Uh, you're so funny. Look at all these guys. Uh, they got me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. Um, asking for sex is tantamount to rape. There's a lot of good stuff in the chat right now. Um, <laughs> anyhow, I mean, it seems like we kind of have a lot of agreements on that, which I guess I should have foreseen. Um, but I do think there is such a thing as, as respect to the extreme. And that is really what we're dealing with. It, I, I, would, I think it's fair to say it's not a rape culture that we have. I think we're cultivating quite the opposite, which is just like right. fear of traditional roles of the genders uh, yeah. culture. Anyway, any more thoughts on that one? Well, there's a huge backlash to traditionalism. I mean, we see that with MGTOWs and people that are abandoning marriage in general. And uh, it's because of the you know, the things that can happen to men in divorce and how feminism has made marriage just too risky for men in our generation. <clears throat> marriage, marriage specifically. I mean, I, I do equate traditionalism with the nuclear family and marriage. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? You want to get into this Fort McMurray stuff, this Canada, Canadian fire sure. stuff? I haven't been to in the news this week, but I've read about this uh, a little bit following Lauren Southern's coverage of it. Oh man, her Twitter has been great. Did you see, so she went to the Trump rally. I saw. Oh really? So she was posting some videos, one of which uh, looks like they're Trump protesters, which is, you know, give me more. Like I could watch Trump protesters all day, but you know, she's posting them in 30 second snippets. <laughs> One of them is this G.I. Jane looking. It's like Triglypuff and G.I. Jane had a child. And that's what this protester looks like. Maybe I should link it in the chat if people want to see. I suppose I should link these stories in the chat so people are uh, caught up. Um, 
Let me see if I can find that. People might like to see the Triglypuff G.I. Jane mashup. I've got it linked somewhere in here. Here we go. I can link you to it if you want to watch this video really quick. And then people in the chat, it's entirely off topic, but um, if anyone sees additional footage of this character, please send it to me. I, there's almost, like, there's so much good stuff in just this uh, clip, but I, I know there's more. And it's this G.I. Jane-looking chick, and she's got these signs. Um, and she, one of the signs that she has has a picture of a dick, and it's talking about how Trump talks about his penis, and that's his family values and all this stuff. Um, you know, Trump's family values. Um, you're still there, right? You look frozen to me. Uh-oh. Are we losing blonde? Yeah. Come back. Sorry, one oh. sec. Okay, now you're back. Cool. Oh, am um, I? I can't see anything. I can hear you, but your picture's frozen. But as long as I can hear you, we should be good. All right. Um, anyway, so she's like this G.I. Jane looking character. She's got this family values sign about Trump and his family values. And that's what's kind of interesting to me. And we were talking before we were live just about how these protesters are this weird combination of both extremely passionate and just completely misinformed. Uh, her sign talks about Trump's family values. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear I've never heard Trump talk about family values, really. When you were mentioning the value of the nuclear family and all this, that kind of reminded me in my head. But I've never thought of Trump as a family values candidate. Is that something that he's spoken um, about? No, not really. I've heard him talk about fatherhood before. Um, but I think he tends not to focus on it too much because of his multiple marriages. Uh, I'd probably be bad for business <laughs> to talk about fatherhood. yeah. yeah. I suppose he's a bit vulnerable on that end, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know the history of his marriages. I know he has this, um, what's his wife's name? Like Melenia or something like that? I, I can't remember. She's many years his junior. Uh-oh. Well, we might be going solo here unless your connection picks up. Hopefully it's not on my end. I can't keep hold of women. Well, we're going to have to uh, see what we can do here, see if she can rejoin. Uh, now it's just me solo. So now I, yeah, no, Skag left blue bald. Here we go. Here we go. All right, bring it on. Roast me. Let's hear it in the chat. Melania, that's right. Too beta for her. <laughs> the feminists are DDoSing. Uh, what's up, Stacy? Make America mediocre again. Ah, well, hopefully she can come back. I hope that's like, um, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong on my end. Let me, if you can hear me in the chat, let me know. I assume that you can hear me all right. Oh, I miss her so much. <laughs> Skag the cuck. She had to leave due to my cuckery. Yeah. Um, but hey, so, uh, in all seriousness, can you hear what's going on, or is their connection dropping, or what's going on here? Okay, so I'm fine. All right, good. So we'll have to see if we can get her back. Let me see. I think she messaged me. Let's see what she says. 
Um, she's rebooting. So, uh, yeah. What do you guys want to talk about in the chat? I could eat. I don't know. I want to get her take on most of these topics, so I don't want to. I don't want to like jump ahead too far on these um, on these issues. But I will say, if anyone sees additional footage of the GI Jane Trump protester, please link it to me. I want to find her. I want to hear her. I'm better than Game of Thrones. I made it. Thank you. Um, you know, I watched Game of Thrones, my first ever episode of the, of the entire show. Uh, during the week this week um, because my girlfriend's really into it and so we sat down and we watched it whatever uh, she she watches it all the time I don't ever watch it but I watched the newest episode this last week and all it was to me was a bunch of people stabbing each other and a bunch of people killing each other and I'm not invested in the characters I don't know the characters so um, I don't get it but I haven't seen the entire series so to me it meant nothing yeah, here, my my girlfriend Rosie Palmer, she and I go on a sick. She and I go on uh, great dates every Friday night. Battlefield One. What do I think? Uh, well, there's no doubt who won the the trailer war, right? No doubt whatsoever. Um, I will say, you know, who knows? Maybe Battlefield One. Here comes Blonde back. You hey, back? Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, to address the question, Battlefield One. I'm glad they're going. They're trying for something new and not charging $80 or whatever for a remake. They clearly won this round. Let's see what happens as this develops. Anyway, uh, we were talking video games. You got, you got any thoughts on uh, the new Call of Duty? <laughs> for sure, no. Okay. Uh, keep it that way. Your life will be better. <laughs> um, so we were, when uh, you were having your problems there, there were all kinds of jokes about, um, you know, the, the whatever, all the feminists DDoSing you, all that sort of thing. So hopefully that's not what was going on. But uh, we were about to get into the Fort McMurray stuff, I think, right? Is that last? Oh yeah, yeah. Heard? Okay. So I don't know about. I, I don't know about Seattle, but this last week was really smoky here, which is weird considering this place is like a thousand miles away from yeah. where I live. Anyway, um, horrific fire. I don't. I don't know that much about it, but I've seen. The footage, if you watch footage on YouTube or whatever social media, people driving through literal hell on earth. Like right. also the road burning, people leaving their homes saying... 90,000 people were evacuated, I read. Right. And you can watch people leaving their homes and saying, I probably will never see my house again. Right. Okay? So this isn't just like, you know, where I, where I live, there are wildfires frequently and people get evacuated as a precaution. But, you know, it's not that common that people's homes actually burn down. Certainly the city of my size burns down, which right. uh, Bozeman's like 50,000 people, comparable size to this place. That's like, that's unheard of. You know, maybe a structure or two in a forest fire or something like that. But this is a horrific event. I don't, I don't know if people, I assume maybe there's been some deaths associated, but people are losing their homes. That's the context in which this fits. People having their livelihood burned to the ground. I'm going to link this if you want to. Here's a, a fresh link for you if you lost it before. And then I'll link in the chat for all you mean people in the chat. Once you left, man, I, I just got roasted. For what? Oh, he's too beta for her and all this crap. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely scared. why I left. I was like, fuck this guy. This is guy. He's too demasculinized. Anyway. Um, so you got the link there, and I just put it in the chat, or did I? Make sure. Cuck, 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 cuck. 
That's all I see when I go to my chat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, okay, so the story of the fire is bad enough. The reaction on social media by some people, if you scroll down to the bottom here, is insane. Oh my gosh. I'm glad the Fort McFire is happening in the province most responsible for the climate change that caused the fire in the first place. Oof. Yes. I don't know what caused this fire. Maybe it says in the story here. Are you familiar with what actually... No, I might be wrong about that. Feel free to... Okay. I, I have no idea, but I am not clear how climate change directly <laughs> causes a fire. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that as a joke. Like maybe it's, is that a thing? Maybe it causes the weather pattern that makes for a very bad storm, whether it's a lightning strike that, or maybe it causes the weather pattern that's warm and windy that it makes the fire worse. I don't know, but I, I don't, I'm not clear how climate change causes it. Uh, that point aside, these are people so rigid in their political ideology. What else did they say? Well, this, this guy, this Steve, this Steve Grant guy from Vancouver. Let me just read through this. I'm finding it difficult to fully sympathize with the residents of Fort McMurray. It's beyond ironic that the residents of the Canadian town who depend on the dirtiest source of petroleum in the country, I assume that this is a place where they uh, drill for oil or whatever. There's some kind of oil economy there. Mm -hmm should be hit by the largest infrastructure destroying fire in recent Canadian history and during a record setting heat wave. Now, this is the mindset of these people. Before I go to the next paragraph, I had a friend of mine who worked as a geological surveyor in uh, the Bakken, the oil field in North Dakota. And he lived here. It's the kind of job where you have two weeks on a week off, that kind of thing. So you go down to the Bakken for two weeks and come back and work here uh, and made good money. And he's an educated person, probably, um, somewhat left of center politically. I think he would say that's fair. Certainly not your like gun-toting, Bible-thumping, oil-drilling man, that kind of thing. But he'd come back and, you know, some people, there was one person who actually asked him, how does it feel to, to know you're working in like that industry? Like that. He's, he's fulfilling the, de the demand that you create every right. day. Not only when you drive your car, but when you use all your plastic things and every petroleum-based product that you use... He, you're the one creating the demand. Right. How does it feel when you create that demand? This is, these are the types of people. They, they think in this bizarre way. Um, Steve Grant continues, watching video from the town. It's striking you don't see a single Prius. <laughs> Probably you couldn't get away with owning a Prius in Fort McMurray. This, like, this sort of ignorance. Oh, this sort of ignorance probably extends to an inability to make the connections between their source of income, their lifestyle. The, yes, because oil consumption is unique to Fort McMurray. That's the only place in the world that has, yeah, that's really. their lifestyle. That's, that's their lifestyle. The fire's now turning not just their uh, houses, but also their pickups and toys into ashes. I don't really know why that's relevant. This may be a politically incorrect observation, but the circumstance should not pass without comment. Um, that. well, that's it his comment. A politically incorrect observation. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, your thoughts. I'll, you can have the floor on that one. I mean, that's that's asinine. I don't even know where to start with this. The Prius thing's hilarious. That's just smug. This, I think that's what bothers me the most about this. It's, it's really stupid, but it's really smug. <laughs> if you participate in society, 
You are contributing to this yeah. quote unquote lifestyle. Unless you live in your own solar powered home where you grow your own garden and you don't use anything made of plastic or any like tools of modern life, you are part of the Fort I know, McMurray like he lives life. that kind of lifestyle where he doesn't use any of these things. It's beyond ironic that the residents of the Canadian town who depend on the dirtiest source of petroleum in the country, like they're somehow worse, inherently worse than people in Vancouver. What is this guy's problem? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, the, the Prius thing, you probably couldn't get away with owning a Prius. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, we were talking about this before the show, but have you ever heard of an oil person vandalizing or threatening a Prius owner? Never. <laughs> I've heard of the opposite, like eco-terrorism. Yeah. Type yeah. Stuff. And, then, you know, I'm, so, I'm someone who... Is, is a believer in the climate science, right? I'm someone who would say, yeah, you know, it'd probably be a good thing for us to uh, get on that alternative energy at a, in a reasonable way that's not going to cost us jobs too quickly, that's not going to do too much damage. But generally speaking, in the future, we'll probably need renewable resources. Right. I get it. But to be so twisted, to say like, haha, your lifestyle brought this upon you. Th this is, yeah, <laughs> for the people that are, you know, all about uh, compassion and humanity and all these things. I don't know. Maybe Steve's a total dick. I don't know. I'm just assuming if he's that kind of guy. But th this, this is actual is... victim blaming. Like, oh, yeah. Blaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as opposed to what? What are you getting at? What do you mean not real victim blaming? <laughs> Rape culture, you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, not that we have to go too far down that. But, I mean, it's been said a million times, but... I, I've never witnessed what I would call rape culture in my life ever, 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 yeah. ever, ever. And at that point has been hammered a million times down. So we don't have to go down that road, but, um, but I come from the male perspective. You and I are about the same age, went to college about the same time. So we have a comparable perspective. Um, I'm guessing you probably have not witnessed rape culture, what you would call it, or maybe you have, I don't know. I've never seen my male friends like Oh yeah, man. Like I totally had this consensually ambiguous encounter yeah. last night. It was awesome. Like high five. That's never happened. Never, ever, yeah, ever. I agree. And I think a lot of it is um, mutual alcohol abuse too. And so the line gets really murky there, but if both parties are blacked out drunk, it's insane to say that because the woman doesn't remember that it was rape. Um, so it, it's harder in colleges where there's excessive alcohol use. <laughs> Did you, um, on that topic, did you see when Kasich made that comment a few weeks back when he was uh -uh. talking about, he was talking about rape on college campuses and he said, you know, uh, my daughters, I think he was talking about his daughters. I think he has daughters. Anyway, he's saying, or if I had daughters, whatever. Uh, when they go to college, uh, I'm going to tell them, don't go to parties where there's excessive alcohol consumption. And of course he was shamed. That's victim blaming. That's this, that's that. Um, God. But is, <laughs> is that bad advice? That's excellent that, advice. The, I mean, no, of course, go go to parties where there's a ridiculously <laughs> unsafe alcohol consumption. Who? What's the alternative? I mean, yeah, I mean, we need to put responsibility back in people's hands. Like nobody really accepts that they're responsible for their own actions. This entire culture of victimization on campus—it's not just rape culture; it's manifested in so many different ways. So I went to Mizzou, and it was not like this when I went there. It wasn't. Well, you're opening up a can of worms that I want to get into if you're willing <laughs> to go into that can of worms. If you're not, of course, I will 
we can move on to a different. Oh, time. no, this is great. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Well, Mizzou is fascinating to me. And so I know. the fact that you went to Mizzou is fascinating to me because I, I don't know anything about Mizzou. Um, I mean, I know the Black Lives Matter stuff, the Jonathan Butler stuff, the fact that nobody goes to Mizzou anymore, which is. Yeah, enrollment's down, I think, ironic. 30% or something. So I would just love to hear you take the floor on your Mizzou experience, what you think as an alum now, all that stuff. I mean, my degree has been rendered worthless, I presume. I haven't tried to look for a job since all this Mizzou stuff happened, but I'd imagine that people are going to be looking at it with a different lens. <laughs> They're going to be like, hmm. oh, you went to Mizzou. That probably means you didn't learn anything. Um, but I was there a few years ago, and it just had not reached this boiling point. Like, I don't remember being indoctrinated, but I majored in, in hard sciences and math. Um, I was in those departments, and so I wasn't. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I can, can I ask one question? Uh-huh. Was it, So wh which science did you study, first off? Um, mostly ec economics, but I tacked on some other other degrees. Okay, so STEM-ish stuff, STEM-ish stuff. Not, uh, like, engineering. Okay, but... Uh, but Something science-y. Yeah. Something, with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. something with math. Yeah. Now, was there or was there not someone at the door to your classroom saying, no women allowed? Oh, there Sorry. definitely was. No. <laughs> there, you got through the guy. You got through the, know, right? the patriarchal bodyguard. Actually, most you of my through. teachers in um, my department were female, even, even in the math disciplines. Um, and I wasn't the only girl in a few of my my economics classes. Um, but it, you know, it's just because women aren't drawn to those subjects. They're, they're harder. So you have the audacity <laughs> to come onto my show, my channel and claim that women's choices are responsible for the degrees that they pursue and earn. I know. Who would have thought? Yeah, really. But you know, everybody's a psychology or communications major and they're like i need i deserve as much money as you know this engineer it's like why you didn't do anything well yeah i mean the, the thing i always think is like uh, plenty of my friends went to law school and there was a time in my life where i thought that's what i wanted to do and maybe i will someday but the thing is i don't want to be a lawyer i have yeah. an intellectual interest in the law don't want to be a lawyer sorry don't want to spend 80 hours a week trying to defend pieces of crap like jerry sandusky or yep. trying to like tear families apart or any of that stuff don't want anything to do with it yeah but, you know, several of my friends did and good for them. And they've now gone on and through law school and several of them live and work here in Montana where they're in different specialties in law. And guess what? They make more money than I do. Now, yeah. do I say that's unfair? Or do I say, well, they, they <laughs> pursued a job and an education that is of more value to society than what right. I've contributed. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Just asking for equal pay across the board. That's what they really want. I mean... If they well, actually wanted to make more money, then they would go into these fields where they would make more money. I don't really see what, what the problem is here. Well, the claim there is that these fields are hostile to women, that they, that the, the, guy, the bodyguard I'm describing is like a, a real thing, maybe not a real bodyguard, but there's like people in there with furrowed brows and frowny faces who are like, you're a female, you're not supposed to be here. Or, but, you know, um, and maybe you can speak, from what I understand, um, the, plenty of these fields, academic, professional, whatever, they want more women. It, it, like being a, a woman yeah. applicant is an advantage. I that, definitely got the vibe in some of my really hard math-oriented classes that I was getting preferential treatment. And I found, mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I was at, at the top of some of the classes that I shouldn't have been. And so I've always wondered if that was because I was a woman. Hmm. And, and that's interesting too, because that's coming from the other side. So you're thinking in your head, am I getting treated differently because I'm a woman in a way that gives me preferential treatment 
Definitely. Yeah. And like that, I had some B or C papers that I got really like, you know, A pluses on and then they were reading them to the class. And I'm like, this is, this doesn't jive well for me. I just can't imagine that my work product was better than these 35 dudes in this class. I mean, I maybe don't it really was. Know. A lot of us are idiots. So, you know, huh? don't sell yourself. So maybe it was A plus work. You it might have been. A lot, of, I, I a lot of us are morons. Don't, don't think we're smart. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, that is, that gets to the core of the question of affirmative action and a lot of other things is, um, when you create those circumstances such that women or minorities are allowed into uh, academic or professional environments on account of their status as women or status as racial minorities or whatever, you put that thought in their head and it sounds right. like you had that experience. Am I, am I legit or am I a product of a system? Yeah, that, and I'll never know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's that, I mean, possible. It doesn't sound like it bothers you too much, but I, I wouldn't want to have those thoughts. No, I mean, I don't, I don't care. I kind of feel like in life you should use everything you can to your advantage that you're given. And so I think all women take advantage of their privilege all the time. The female privilege. The now female privilege, real, yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? Cow. Life is so much easier for Western women than it is for Western men. My life's hmm. kind of, you know, things have fallen into place in a lot of ways that I didn't really deserve. Uh. Okay, interesting. I, I, I diverted you on your Mizzou talk, so. Oh yeah, because huh. you were, and I didn't I didn't want to divert. Well, just like, were the shades of this? I mean, Mizzou is the epicenter of the social justice nonsense on campus. In large part, it's the one that really gave rise to all the nonsense we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. It's the one that became a major national issue. And it's the first one that I've seen that has had meaningful consequence. So to what you were saying earlier, it, all the protests and all the bullshit has turned people off so much that students aren't enrolling at Mizzou. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I read, but there's a budget shortfall as a result of the lack of enrollment. I don't know if it's had an effect on like people giving to, you know, charitable giving, annual giving, that kind of I thing. I imagine so. But, but Mizzou is having meaningful consequence to what happened there. And of course the irony is who suffers? I mean, probably faculty suffer, some staff, that sort of thing. But when colleges suffer, students suffer. That mm -hmm. has a meaningful impact on who gets scholarships, who gets grants. And a lot of times, who are those people? Students of color. Right, right. The people that you're trying to, to protest for. And that's a damn shame. Everyone can agree that's a damn shame. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would like to know, did you see anything of that flavor when you were there? Was this something that you could, that was it surprising to you or? It was surprising. I saw it a little bit from um, professors. I talked about the little, little bit, this a little bit on Red Ice Radio, but we were uh, mandated to read this book called The Tortilla Curtain about this illegal immigrant family. And at the end, like this chick gives birth in the woods and then they have to eat a house cat because they're starving to death. And this was mm -hmm. like freshman um, English or something really basic. Everybody had to read it. So like they were giving us the kind of material, this social justice warrior, warrior material, but like amongst the populace and my friends, it wasn't really like that. I didn't even see this brewing. I was pretty surprised to see this come from the zoom. Um, and the first thing that I heard about was all of these, um, racial incidents to have happened. Like I, I like that uh, kid that said that he, a bunch of white kids in the back of a truck were like yelling racial slurs at him, things like that. <laughs> And the poop swastika. One guy said the N word. Yes, the swastika. Yeah. The fat fascist, as I call him. It to me yeah. because at my time at Mizzou, like, if you ever said the N word at a party, like, you would have just gotten your ass beat. Like, you know. Yeah, you're not cool. 
that nobody, nobody would be like, oh, you're so cool. You racist. You, no one, no one was on board for that. And so, so those stories were just so not feasible. I was like, hmm, th this did not happen. Have you stayed in touch with like a lot of your college friends since you've graduated? A few, and some of them still live in Columbia. Um, but most of them were business oriented, and so they did. They were kind of, you know, not part of the social justice warrior community. Did they, did, did they have any like social media reaction to this kind of thing, or did you talk to any of your did, any reaction from your friends on this? Mostly kind of shame. There was a lot of shame. Um, I shame think that, because of the protesters. Yeah, I mean, we're being dis discredited on a national level. <laughs> it's it's shameful to be alumni there because then people think that you got a worthless education, which in part is true. And so everybody's kind of like, oh God, like why why does this have to be Mizzou? Because none of these claims really seem realistic. All those instances of racism were like, uh, that doesn't ring true at all. Um, but you see the staff capitulating. And that's, I think, really where the shame is coming from. It's like, stand your ground. Don't be a pussy. Every time you say yes to these people, they'll just try to take more ground. Yeah. And that, that's the other shame of Mizzou. And I think the good thing is since a lot of the college presidents, a lot of the administrator, administrative staff, they give these kids space to protest, but like, fuck off if you have these absurd demands. We're not going right. to fire people. We're going to ruin livelihoods because someone made a swastika on a marker board or in a bathroom or something like that. Which was never you substantiated. I mean, come on. Well, it, it, you social justice 101, you don't have to substantiate claims. That's <laughs> victim blaming. We don't have presumption of innocence anymore. That's out the window. Free speech is out the window. Presumption of innocence is out the window. Yeah. All of these constitutional values. The thing that drives me nuts, we we're talking about it earlier, is people come back with like, well, that's the constitution. That, that just governs how the government treats you. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I get that it's not a government action here. But this is a statement about what we value socially. Right. The, the Constitution reflects our social values. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Like if you silence me, if you go to the triggering and you shout down Stephen Crowder, you shout down Christina Hoff Summers or Milo or any of them. Yeah. That's not the government telling them they can't speak, but it is still you being wildly inconsistent with American values. Right. And right. it's not even American values. It's just straight up right and wrong. Let's be honest. It's right and wrong. Um, the interesting thing to me, so <clears throat> none of this crap, really got into my alma mater uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, except for in the fall, there was an alleged racial beating on campus. This guy, this Rwandan transfer student claimed, so this story was just nonsense from the start. He claimed that he was beaten up at the reflecting pond on campus at like two in the morning. It's like this gardeny environment on campus. If you're walking between the library and the dorms or like there's no reason for anyone to be there, it's dark at night, like unless it's like a weird drug deal. But this is Southwest Portland, like a residential Portland, like the safest, nicest, privileged part of the city. There's no like shady drug deals and shit like that going down. So anyway, he says he had this racial beating and then he takes like, or he was beat up by these people who called him the N-word. These three people walked by and went, hey, look, an N-word, let's beat him up. And then they did that, allegedly. And then he took hours to go to campus safety. Uh, and then campus safety called the police. Police came. He had no visible signs of trauma. And the police could not pursue an investigation because he refused to describe the attackers. Yet he'll still speak on campus about the hateful environment and about the need for inclusivity and all this stuff. And all my friends, like college friends I see on Facebook who are like, I can't believe this is happening at my college. This is not what we stand for. And like, if you can't believe it's happening at your college, 
you shouldn't believe it's happening right, in your college. Right. You should. I see that. I'm like, this is this is no. This doesn't happen at that school. I need to see some evidence here. But you can't the say story that. doesn't ring true, though. Don't people and see that? It. I don't know because just questioning a victim, like saying, "Explain your story a little more." That's right. victim blaming. Let me see if I can. Uh, if people want to read about that. Um, I can link that in the chat. Uh, I don't even remember what the headline was. It was something like student maintains um, attack happened despite doubts or something like that. <laughs> despite uh, lack of evidence. Yeah. They, don't, they just care College about the narrative, results. though. Um, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Uh, I'll drop this in the chat if you guys have any interest in reading about that. Um, and then, you know, if you want to see it, it's there too. But uh, okay, so Mizzou stuff down. I'm glad you were. I'm glad you shared that information. On that. I, I find Mizzou really fascinating. I don't know. Um, the decline must have happened so fast, just so fast, because it just was not like that when I went there, and that wasn't very long ago. I kind of can't believe it. They just let yeah. them overtake the school in a few years. Yeah, and you know, and what happened at, at uh, my alma mater, like they they invaded the president's office, you know, and they occupied his office, and he was like, yeah, yeah, all right, <laughs> sweet, thanks. <laughs> I'm going home. I'll catch you guys later. One of the, the strange thing, one of the things that they they had this whole list of demands for him and all this stuff, right? Like all your crap demands, like the same ones they had at Mizzou. And one of the things they demanded an apology for was that he wasn't there when the attack happened. This was at two in the morning. He doesn't oh live on God. campus. And in fact, you know what he was doing? He wasn't in town. He was in Washington, D.C. doing fundraising for the school. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. You know, like, what a, what a jackass. I can't believe he wasn't here. Even if he was there, what, he's like an old, he's What's like he 60. Do? You, you don't, he's not the guy you want to stop a fight or a beating. You want campus safety, and campus safety is there 24-7 if you don't wait three hours to call them after yeah. your ass gets kicked, but you healed magically in three hours, all this stuff. <laughs> is he allowed to speak on campus? How do they even allow this? They'd be like, no, you can't do that. The, the student? Yeah. I mean, you know, any, I mean, I guess anyone's allowed to speak on campus, right? Milo gets kicked off campuses all the time. Yeah, well, I would like. I would hope that if you went to my alma mater, they would let him speak. Although maybe not. But if 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 they intervened, I guess what I would say is I would hope if a student group invited him to speak and he accepted, I would hope that he would be. If he was shut down, it would be by like the Trigley Puffs yelling at him, not by college administrators saying we don't allow this here. You want to talk about Trigley Puff? I can't get enough Trigley Puff. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I can talk about Trigglypuff. What's, what? Oh, man. I just couldn't believe it when I saw her. I was like, this is just too perfect. This is just too perfect. I watched, you know, like, I watched the lecture a few times, and I just can't even believe she exists. She embodies social justice warriors and fat feminists to a T. It's perfect. Perfect. Can't get it up. I was, I was watching, um, so this week on Louder with Crowder, he had Christina Hoff Summers on. Mm -hmm. And she has been much more sympathetic to Trigglypuff than I think anyone. And, yeah. and I, was kind of, I was kind of in her camp because I, these, these absurd people, these Carl the Cucks, these AIDS Skrillexes, these Trigglypuffs, I, the embarrassment 
and humiliation of becoming an internet meme like they are, I can sympathize with. However, and, and Crowder's point was in response, is like, look, you signed up, you volunteered, you went down there, you yelled at people. Do not let it become confused and think that she's being bullied. She made the choice to bully. And I think yeah. that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, but she is a product of her environment too. And she's in such an easy target. I mean, it's just, it's just been so easy this week. The jokes, and they that, just come in. And yeah, well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing that bugged me too is I, I was trying to break it down. I'm like, you know, I like getting into the nuts and bolts of an argument, but all there is here is just a fat person screaming. That yeah, is all yeah. there is here. I, I like your video about it. it. Well, thanks. <laughs> There's, there's nothing to work with though. You know what I mean? It's it, even that. She wasn't giving an argument. She was just saying, fuck you, fuck your free speech. It's like, what? (laughs) Well, and it's it's just, I mean, it's been talked to death, but the, the interesting double think of yelling things at Christina, like, fuck you, bitch. Like, shut up. Fuck you. Get off the stage. Like, right. How is this not sexist treatment? Oh yeah. What? You're, you're, we're all about empowering women unless she doesn't believe in the wage gap religion. Like, right. And of course, Christina Hoff Summers is such a lady about it. She always is. I felt bad watching her. I mean, she handled it fine, but it's like, yeah, I mean, they couldn't even get their lecture out. It it would have been so much more effective if they had, I don't know why they didn't kick her out in the first like five minutes. I guess they just wanted her to display her full, you know, (laughs) in front of everybody. There's so many good, I mean, so many good memes and so many different GIF or GIF files, however you pronounce it, so many different things. Um, there's one angle of a person who, who has, like, she's, like, taking a selfie. It's oh, not triggered by And it zooms out, and it's, like, that moment you decide to vote for Donald J. Trump. You yeah, see, that's what it was like... kept. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly my experience in this election cycle so far is, like, I, look, I'm not, I'm not infatuated with this guy, but, like... <laughs> Whoever you're voting for, no thank you. I, would, yeah. I don't want to live in your America. No thank you. Fair enough. That's what it's become. The momentous time. So she, and she's not even from um, UMass, I believe. She goes to a different college. What? Really? She, yes, she was forklifted in. She was flown, <laughs> like, flown in by a helicopter. And one of the best jokes, I, my, my friend, um, I don't know, a uh, person who watched my channel he has for a long time, but his name's Perry. Um, if you're, maybe, maybe Perry's in the chat. Anyway, he, the best joke on that uh, video was a comment because everyone's kind of like, well, you know, she made the choice to go there, so we can't feel bad for her. She went there and she bullied, okay? Like, which we're talking about earlier. His response was, no, 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 it's not her fault. She's been stuck in that chair for weeks, actually. So, you know, be, <laughs> be sympathetic to Triglypuff. She's been trapped. Yeah, oh, I thought that was great. She's I, like near shut-in weight, you know? She's like almost dropping out of the ranks of society physically. Yeah, yes. Where's the shame? Well, and, <laughs> good point. I mean, the, the thing, I, I'm not going to advocate like harassment or, and I, I assume you wouldn't either, like, you know, shame, harassment, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> something in my throat there. Anyway. Uh, shame, harassment, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I'm not going to advocate that. However, we have to stop pretending that 
there's a such thing as healthy at any size that you can't tell a person's health just by looking at them. The people just come in all shapes and sizes. Okay. That's true within a range. But I was watching Baring's video the other day and there he was, he's been doing a lot of fat shaming videos recently. There was an article on fat shaming and what's okay and what's not okay when talking about people's size. There was a claim in this article that said physicians fat shame people all the time. Like if a physician is telling you clinically that you need <laughs> to lose weight, that apparently counts as fat shaming. Oh man. But here's the problem. Like the, the you know the problem is if you want to be fat, be fat. If you want to be fit, be fit. I don't, I, you know, some people mad at me for the Nicole Arbor video or whatever, probably think I just see an overweight person and get enraged. I don't. What I get enraged at is people who think they are victims of their own choices. If you want to lose weight, if you're unhappy with yourself, make a change, mm -hmm. work for it. If you want to be fat, be fat. And if someone makes a joke about it, just like if someone makes a joke about me, whatever, that's who I am. Like, yeah. you're, just, you're cool Get with over it. it. Yeah. It, it, you can't say like all these, there's, I mean, there's, I don't know if you ever watch them, but when I, when that Nicole Arbor stuff was going on, there were so many responses of just these emotional vlogging women and some emotional vlogging men too. I shouldn't say it's just women because it wasn't, but they're making all these videos about how dare you. I'm perfect just the way I am. No. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna cry for ten minutes about the way I am, and that's yeah. the kind of video that it was like. <laughs> Don't you see the hypocrisy in that? Just, oh my God, then that's really the problem. Like, did you see Triglypuff's dating profile was posted? Oh, no. like her OK Cupid. Ooh, I could probably find it. Uh, it's it's around, but um. You know, it was all the crap of like, I'm interested in like radical leftist ideas and do do not talk to me if you're a racist, homophobe, uh, if you, you know, like whatever. <clears throat> One of the things in there was like, you know, things about me, like I'm big and beautiful or whatever, the, the stuff you'd expect. But one of them was like stuff I like to do. And it was like sex. Sorry, but I'm not going to lie. And I was like, Ugh, gross. I, is there a tape of this? Because I will watch it if it exists. <laughs> Oh, but I need to see proof. I need to see proof that this is a thing. Oh, man, God. I just, want, I just want claims substantiated. That's all. I just want evidence. And there's a claim that Triglypuff, uh, by her own self-description, loves sex. What's the rule? Uh, if, there, if, the, if it's a thing, there will be porn of it or whatever. It's probably I have no somewhere. interest in following up on that. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Gross. It's kind of like, well, we don't have to go down. Uh, no, I'm just saying. I'd watch it if it existed. So for novelty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have the thing where, I mean, if there's like the grossest stuff on the internet, I have to watch it. The, the <laughs> only one, and actually the only one I regret, um, like out of the two, two girls, one cups of the world and like all the most oh, messed up stuff you can watch. The one I would not advise and I don't want to go back and I will never go back and I will never watch again is ISIS beheadings. And you can watch those. Yeah, I wouldn't watch any of those again. Uh, the Bud Dwyer suicide video really stuck with me. I wouldn't watch that again. I've not seen that. Don't watch it. It's horrific. It's like one of the worst things that I've ever seen. I only saw it once and it stuck with me for years. So wait, wait what's the story on that? I don't know if I'm familiar with that. Um, I believe he was embroiled in some sort of financial scandal. He was a low-level politician. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in the chat. Um, 
But he was caught, and at a press conference, he handed out three envelopes and then the, to his family or, you know, people he was working with. And the third one, he took out a gun and shot himself, like, on live TV. But it's, like, horrific. Like, blood like, comes out of his Christ. mouth. And, and it's, it's, like, super close up and everything. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, my God. People are screaming. Like, no one knows what to do. It's, it's the most, one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. But, like, I wish I could unsee that. Yeah, and, and the thing is. Watched, I'm like, why did I just watch that? What is wrong with me? And that's what's crazy is like movies and stuff and even video games to some extent are so advanced now that you can see uh, like a fictional depiction of pretty much anything. Right. But when you see it in reality, like when you watch ISIS do what they do and you can hear the sounds that are associated with something that barbaric and know that it's something that really happened at a real place at a real time. Yeah, you know that it's real. Yeah, that's... um, Those are like... (laughs) Between that and Two Girls, One Cup, those are two cases where I kind of, you know, people joke about barfing, but those are two where I was just like... I watched Two Girls, One Cup too, and that's another one that I just... Why? Why did we all watch that? What's wrong with us? But you you finished it. You you finished it, I'm sure, right? You didn't... You didn't uh, stop halfway through. No, I, I stuck through it. It was the the most disgusting thing maybe I've ever... I'll I'll tell you what... um, I actually... What got it for me, like where I really started to feel queasy was the part with the teeth and like <laughs> between the teeth. Like, I, I don't need to get more graphic than that, but there was a part with teeth. If people know what I'm talking about, no. it was the worst. It was the worst. How long ago was that? We're getting old. That was like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. I saw it. I think I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> so that would have been like Oh seven, something like that. Oh man. Yeah. Gross. So <laughs> Wow, this took a crazy turn. This conversation. Yeah, strange, but but I am um, I am fresh out of topics, and we're closing in. I I was hoping to have you for an hour. So if you want to proceed, if you want to continue, by all means. If you feel like we've covered things you want to cover, we could wind it down to whatever your whatever your. That thinking. was that was everything I was going to talk about. I don't have too much to too much to contribute today. Yeah, well, you? I thought. I thought it was awesome. I'm glad that we were able to do this. I'm glad that yeah, you totally. It's nice to kind of me to you. do it. Would you be interested in coming back another time? Yeah, you can come on my channel too. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do that. Um, so your stuff is linked in the description. Uh, Twitter handle, YouTube channel, go check her out. Uh, tell her that I sent you, um, or don't. Just go there anyway. Uh, but uh, I hope that we can make it happen again. I thought it was a really good chat. And I don't know, maybe maybe next time we can get into like some more areas of disagreement. I bet we have some okay. areas of disagreement that would be so. fun fun to flesh out. But this, that's the craziness about these times, man. Like somehow Donald Trump has brought this this libtard and at libtard America together uh, to Who find thought, common right? ground. Make America great again. You know? <laughs> On that day. note, make America great again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yep, I'm going to end the broadcast. Thanks, everyone. Uh, We'll try to do this more frequently, usually on Sunday nights. I know it's Game of Thrones. Sorry, you nerds. It's Game of Thrones time. Watch it after, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, uh, have a good night, everybody. Thanks to Blonde. I'm just going to call you Blonde, by the way. Is that okay? That's cool. All right, we'll go with that. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. We'll catch you next time.